In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, me. I'm happy to be with you tonight in OCCM meeting in the Tampa Clearwater area. And I'd like to speak with you tonight about a very important topic that some of us may suffer from or we can have friends who are suffering from this issue. I'll speak to you about anxiety. And unfortunately, anxiety became an issue with many high school, college, graduate, young professional youth. I will speak about anxiety from a spiritual point of view, but if someone is suffering from clinical anxiety, and clinical anxiety means a person is dysfunctional. When a person becomes dysfunctional, it is pathological, so he should seek professional help. But I'm just speaking about an anxiety that can attack normal person like all of us. I like to start with a verse from Luke chapter 12, verse 29. The Lord told us, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. So the Lord basically is telling us, don't worry, don't be anxious. People usually get anxious about eating, drinking, wearing, future, health. These are the issues that we are concerned about. So the Lord is telling us clearly in Luke 12, 29, don't have an anxious mind. Job in the Old Testament in Job chapter 7 and verse 4, he explained the anxious mind. What is anxious mind? He said in Job 7 verse 4, when I lie down, I say, when shall I arise and the night be ended? For I have had my fill of tossing till dawn. So he doesn't have rest in his sleep. When he lies down, his mind is so anxious. That's why he cannot sleep. And he is waiting till the night is ended and the dawn comes because all night he is anxious. In Arabic, So, as if the night is too long and all night I am full of an anxiety. That's the Arabic translation. All night I am full of an anxiety. Also, in the Agbeya, in the 11th hour of the Agbeya, just what we prayed today in Psalm 126, it says 
it is vain for you to rise early. Meaning what? People who cannot sleep well because of an anxiety, so they rise early. So the Bible is telling us, it is vain for you to rise early. Rise up after your sitting, you who eat the bread of grief. So people, when they eat, they eat it with anxious mind. When they are sitting, they are sitting with anxious mind. When they stand up, anxious mind. When they go to sleep, anxious mind. That's why the rest of the verse, while he gives sleep to his beloved. So if you trust God, then you will have peace. You will not have anxious mind. As I told you, we worry for health reason, for family reasons, for emotional reason, for social reasons, etc. But in there are many promises that should actually make us peaceful and we should not worry. I will speak tonight about seven promises from God that help us help our anxious mind. The first promise in 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, Casting all your care, care literally means all your worries, all your anxieties, what you worry about. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And I want you to focus on two words here. The word all and the word he, he cares for you. The word all, God wants me to cast all my worries, all my anxieties, all of them, whether financial, health, family, social, everything, I should cast all of them on him. Why? The second word, he, for he cares about me. I am his son. I am his daughter. He cares for me. And he is the one who is asking me, come to me with all your troubles, with all your issues, and cast them on me. I will take care of you. And I don't want you to be worried. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. But who is he who cares about me? We have parents care about us, we have friends care about us. But who he, who is he who cares about me? He is the one who created heaven, earth, sea. The one who is almighty. The one who is all holy. The one who is all wise. The one who created me. The one who loved me. The one who sent his son to die on the cross for me. The one who is faithful in all his promises. The one who can never lie. 
then I should trust this promise. He cares for you. Yes, indeed, He cares for you. Maybe I tell you, and I tell you, I care for you, but my abilities are limited. I'm not almighty, I'm not all holy, I'm not all wise, I'm not. I'm not. But God who said, He cares for you, is God Almighty. God who is faithful in His promise. When He promised, He can do it. So, instead of getting anxious and thinking and worrying, just go and cast all your worries upon Him, for He cares about you. The second promise, Matthew 10, 30. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30. He says, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Can any one of you tell me what are the number of his head? No one. No one. In another verse he said, One single hair will not fall down without permission from God. So for one single hair to fall down, who cares? And if one single hair falls down, who cares about it? You know, but God said not one, one single hair fall down, you know, without permission from your father. One of the beautiful verses about how God cares about our hair, you can find it in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 27. Daniel 3, 27. When they threw the three young men in the furnace of fire, it's verse 94 according to the Septuagint. Verse 94. The last part of the, of the verse. So, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not sinked, nor were their garment affected. So not a single hair was burned in the fire and the smell of fire was not on them. So when God promised us that not a single hair will fall down or will be burned, he fulfilled his promise with the three young men in the furnace of fire. So if God cares about trivial things like her, wouldn't he care about major issue in my life? So when you start getting worried, remind yourself, if God cares about the number of the hair of my head, wouldn't he care about my spiritual life, my, financial, my, my finances, my health, my exams, my, etc.? Definitely, he would care about major things if he cares about these trivial things. 
the third promise God does not forget us if you turn your Bible to Isaiah 49 from verse 14 he says and Zion Zion represents a human soul here said the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me so the Lord is answering can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb some women whose heart are hardened yes they can forget that's why the Lord said surely they may forget yet I will not forget you in verse 16 see I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands plural two hands not one hand your walls are continually before me so God actually does not forget us God inscribed our names not on one hand but in two hands inscription is not writing because if you write something in your hand then you wash your hand it can be wiped off right but I inscribed so so this cannot be wiped off by washing so if you go through a difficult time and Satan tells you God forgot about you remind yourself with his promise that even if a mother forgets her baby God will not forget me he inscribed me on the palms of his hands his eyes all the time is upon me from the first day of the year to the last day of the year the fourth promise you find it in Philippi chapter 4 verse 19 Philippi 4 19 St. Paul is telling them and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus so the first promise God will supply all my needs and I want you to think about two words in this verse the first word all second word his riches the verse did not say my God shall supply majority of your needs or some of your needs but he said all your needs all your need without exception and he will supply all our need not according to what we see it right but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus according to his riches in glory 
What does it mean according to his riches? It means God will do the best for me, even if I don't understand. And he will supply my needs generously. In Psalm 24 and verse 1, we read, The earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So, God is the owner of the earth and its fullness, so he can supply all my needs. When during the time of Elijah, there was famine and no rain, and then Elijah prayed, rain came and satisfied the need of the people. Also, another verse in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 8. He says, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So, all the silver in the, in the world, all the gold in the world, all these riches, belongs to him. So, yes, he can supply all our needs, not according to our standard, but according to his riches in glory. That's why in the Gregorian liturgy, we say to the Lord, O you who give more than we ask or understand. And this is a verse in the letters of St. Paul. God gives us more than we ask or understand. A few weeks ago, we heard the Gospel of Zacchaeus. What Zacchaeus was looking for? Just to see Jesus. What God gave him? He gave him more than what he asked or understood. He told him, today I will stay with you in your house. Today, salvation happened to this house. So God gives Zacchaeus according to the riches of his glory, not according to what Zacchaeus was asking for, because what he was asking for just to see him, nothing more than this. The fifth promise that God is the Lord of the fifth bird. What does it mean, God is the Lord of the fifth bird? Let us turn our Bible to Matthew 10, 29 to 31. The Lord said, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground? apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So, if two sparrows are sold for one copper coin, then one sparrow equal half copper coin, which is nothing, like zero. But God cares about this one sparrow. Not one of them falls to ground apart from your father's will. What's your price? God purchased us 
not with precious stone, not with gold or silver, but by what? By his own blood, the blood of the Son. So do you think if God cares about this one sparrow, he wouldn't care about you after he purchased you with his own blood? What about, let me read another verse from Luke chapter 12, 6 and 7. Luke 12, 6 and 7. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? In Matthew he said, Two sparrows sold for one copper coin. Then two copper coins should get you how many sparrows? That's math. If one copper coin get you two sparrows, then two copper coin will get you how many sparrows? Four. Four. But the Bible says here, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coin? So means what? Means get four sparrows for two copper coin and you will get one four for free. Right? So there is one for free. One for free means what? He has no value. People give it for free. Has no price. So this sparrow that has no value in the eyes of human beings, the Lord said in verse 6, and not one of them is forgotten before God. So even this one sparrow who has no value is a fifth sparrow. That's why I told you, my God is the God of the fifth sparrow. So this fifth sparrow that has no value, God actually cares about it. When you start feeling anxious or when you start to worry, remind yourself that you are much better than many sparrows. These sparrows has no value and God cares about them. But you has value and your value is not gold or silver or precious stone. Every time when you see the cross and you can imagine the blood of Jesus is shed on the cross, that's your price. He shed his blood to purchase. We were purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The sixth promise that God is with me throughout the journey of my life. If you turn your Bible, Isaiah 43, from verse 1 to 3. By the way, this is one of my favorite chapters. Usually when I start to feel anxious or worry, I go to Isaiah 43. See what he said. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, created you, who is capable, who is almighty, the creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I purchased you with my blood. 
I have called you by your name. You are mine. Called by your name, maybe Anna, and I know you by faces, but maybe it's difficult for me to know each one by his name. But when God says, I call you by your name, means he knows me, he knows my understanding, he knows my needs, he knows my worries, he knows my anxieties, he knows everything. Can you imagine, Mr. If Sayyidina al-Baba Tawadris came here and called you by your name, you oh, Sayyidina Arifni, by my name. Khalba, if Rabbina Nafs, he will call you by your name. Meaning, he knows everything about you. And he is telling you, you are mine. You are my son. You are my daughter. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom. Yes. God killed Pharaoh and all his soldiers. Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Why? Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendant from the east and gather you from the West. So God actually is with us throughout the journey of our life. That's why David, understanding this, he said, if I walk in Psalm 23, if I walk in the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You are with me. When we say in, uh, in the divine liturgy, lead us throughout the way into your kingdom. Throughout the way, it means like, you know, of course, but before they invent the GPS or Google Maps or Apple Maps, etc. If I want to give you a direction, I will give you just the direction and tell you, go to this highway, then exit this exit, then take three traffic light and the third traffic light, make left, then two streets, make right, etc. And it's easy, you hold this paper and it's easy to get lost, right? But the GPS doesn't give you direction. It goes with you step by step. And if you get lost, the GPS will tell you, don't panic. I, I have another route for you. Just do this detour and, you know, rerouting. And you can continue. So you are not afraid. You are not worried to get lost. So when we say, God, lead us throughout the way, 
into your kingdom mean God is holding our hand step by step. He is not just giving me direction. No. He is actually walking with me like the GPS kit. Step by step. وفي one verse I think was more the last psalm of the first hour of the Agbeya. We will say, لَأَنَّهُ يُرْشِدْ الَّذِينَ يُخْتُؤُونَ فِي الطَّرِيقِ God will guide those who miss the way. So even it's like يعني إذا ما كنتش حاقع على GPS if you, you get lost the GPS will do rerouting and will guide you again. نفس الكلام if you sinned or you missed the way God will guide you. يرشد الذين يخطئون في الطريق So God is my guidance, my instructor, my director, every step in my life. آخر وعد God is the Lord of my life from the time I was embryo until my last breath. In Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. 46, 3 and 4. God says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been upheld by me from birth. So I, I hold you, I carried you from birth. But he said, No, no, no who have been carried from the womb. So actually, I'm carrying you since you are just embryo or fetus in the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hair, I will carry you. So God cares about me when I still, I was still embryo in the womb. From the fertilized ovum, God cares about me until the old age, until gray hair. He said, even I will carry and will deliver you. I will carry and deliver you. So God actually takes care of me when I was just in the womb. When I was delivered in my infancy, my childhood, in my teenager, in my youth, young adulthood, adulthood, senility, old age, until last breath. So he said, I will carry, even I will deliver you. That's his promise. In Psalm 71, David said to the Lord and he said in verse 9 and verse 18 he said don't cast me off in the time of old age don't forsake me when my strength fails 
So when we get older, our health يعني, will be weaker and our strength fails. So David said to the Lord, don't cast me off in the time of old age. Don't forsake me when my strength fails. And he repeated the same meaning in verse 18 from the same chapter. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, don't forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. So God responded to David in Isaiah and he told him, from the womb, from birth, I carry you until old age, until gray hair, I will carry you, even I will deliver you. So, when actually we understand all these promises, these seven promises, why we should worry? Why we should get anxious? So, what I should do when I get worried or I get anxious? There is beautiful prescription. I will conclude with it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. That's the prescription. After you understood these seven promises, the seven promises, quickly, God cares about all my needs. God counts the hair of my head. God does not forget me. God supplies all my needs. God, who cares about the fifth sparrow, definitely cares about me. God is my companion in the journey of my life. And God is the Lord of all my life from the womb till death. So St. Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything make you anxious. Don't have anxious mind. Okay, but I have a list of things I worry about. As I said, family, finances, school, social, etc. Health issues. So St. Paul is telling us, in everything you are worried about, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do your part, but don't worry about it. Let your requests be made to God. Cast all your worries about Him, for He cares for you. After you cast all your worries about Him, what will happen? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Why heart and mind? When you have an anxiety, we say, I have a tightness in my chest, I have headache. That's why he said he will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. He promises. So, try it. When you are worried about something, write it down. Have a list. In your prayer, go and mention this list to God. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about my exams. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about my finances. 
I'm more about my loans. I am more. Say all the rest before God and ask Him to guide you and enlighten you and to grant you His peace which surpasses all understanding. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Who did this? Can you remind me of the person who did this? Who did this? She was worried and many people tried to comfort her. She was not comforted. But when she put her words before God, she was comforted. Bravo Alik, Hannah. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, in verse 2, he said, Hannah had no children. But then in verse 6, her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, she wept and did not eat. Verse 8, her husband tried to comfort her and he told her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? But Hannah was not comforted. Verse 10, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. So she put her words before the Lord. After she finished the, 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 the prayer, verse 14, Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. After you come to the church and you prayed from your heart, sincerely, while you are leaving the church, why are you drunk? I'm sure most of us would lose their peace, right? But she did not lose her peace. She said to him, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Don't consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. So she answered humbly, very, very humbly, although he accused her. You know, verse 18 is a beautiful verse. So the woman went her way and ate after she refused to eat, and her face was no longer sad. Although no angel appeared to her, she did not hear any promise that she will have a son. But she prayed, she prayed, and when she prayed, the peace of God which surpasses her understanding guarded her heart and mind to the extent when Elijah priest assumed that she is drunk, she did not lose her peace. That is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything you are worried about. Through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.